welcome mm-hmm. to Arclight Studio folks in this episode we're going to talk about the 2020 farming laws this has been a very controversial set of bills that have been placed before the parliament and today we're going to deep dive into the three laws that constitute these collectively termed farming laws of year 2020 the three bills included in this collective term farming laws is one the farming farmers in permanent protection agreement on price assurance and farm services 2020 second the farming produce trade and commerce promotion and facilitation bill 2020 and third essential commodities amendment bill 2020 so when i'm referring to farming laws i mean these three bills as its constituents i will be looking into all three of these bills individually before we take a deep dive into the three bills let's look at the conditions that were prevailing before the introduction of these three bills in the parliament prior to these three bills the system of mandis or apmcs as they are known legally were the were the norm mandis are where farmers uh, bring their crops to sale an open transparent auction occurs wherein the government has a minimum support price which acts as the base price for which markers can sell their produce however due to the government interference and in the same the free market system was broken and there was no incentive for farmers to allocate additional capital expenditure therefore after the green revolution there was a lot of stagnation the output really didn't increase there was no value added to the agricultural industry as such the crop yield increased trivially but the value created from the crops never really trickled down to the farmers so there was a lot of stagnation in this uh, primary sector of the economy farming laws the government has two objectives one is to enable private sector to indulge more freely in the agricultural sector second it wants to have an effective uh, exit out of the agricultural sector that is it wants to bring back contract farming contract farming is a lot more legalized there's a contractual uh, contract agreed between the farmer and private investments which will you know the private investments would be uh, motivated or incentivized to increase their yield to get a better return therefore allocating sufficient capital and deploying capital which farmers in general technically can't and farmers would essentially in theory get a better rate how there's a lot a lot of scope for abuse so government regulation in this area would also be key as in how this entire scenario plays out second the governmental exit now the minimum support price that was guaranteed the government after the abolition of mandis and apmcs the government is not going to well offer the same for most of the services for most of this so there will be less subsidies given to farmers when you look at mandis however there are going to be subsidies for farmers but in case of mandis and all those costs associated with them the government will be saving a lot and that's an effective exit to the government the face of it the entire farming laws looks good right except for the potential for abuse which the government might able to counter through effective regulations but the timing of the introduction of these farmers couldn't be worse right during the pandemic year right smack in the middle of 2020 the government introduces a bill that effectively 
remove the safety nets for farmers moreover it's the big farmers that are going to benefit mostly from the farming laws as they have a lot of bargaining ability they have the power to bargain with the private companies because private companies would prioritize their own profits and small farmers who have very small plots and landless labors won't be able to dictate terms and they will also be binded by legal contracts and this being introduced in, in the middle of a pandemic the timing was just bad the central government should have considered this which they did not and they did not consult any concerned stakeholder before introducing the same in middle of a pandemic apart from the timing of this bill there's one more thing that the central government got very wrong that is the falling of agriculture in the state list now there are three lists the union list state list and the concurrent list and agriculture falls in the state list which essentially gives gone the state government power to regulate matters falling under the agricultural umbrella now this also indirectly gives the state government the power to impose value added taxes over its crop yield in the state within the state provided that apmcs are still operational now with the abolition of apmcs this right is uh, taken away from the state government the problem with this is that even though the center is not directly uh, stating prices the lack of apmcs removes a lot of value from the state government and without the value added tax that's flowing from the farmers to the state government the state government coffers as a one of the little low so they won't be able to extract as much taxes and a lot of that goes directly to private companies and uh the central government now the state governments the more wealthy state governments with wealthier farmers really didn't like this especially states like punjab and kerala because the enactment of this laws uh, is directly opposing to their uh, diametrically opposed to their interest as a state apart from the structure and the language of the bill uh, a huge controversy around these legislations was the huge organized well organized protest that erupted out of nowhere and took the capital by storm there's a lot of controversy and the supreme court has commented by itself that it cannot regulate protesters protesting is a right guaranteed to the citizens now the problem is neither of the parties are really trying to understand each other in fact the committee appointed by supreme court is actually pro laws pro farming laws so there's a deadlock that exists now although the implementation of these acts have been suspended uh, there's a lot of controversy regarding the same because private companies have started acquiring certain properties although uh, major uh, companies like reliance have promised not to there's certainly a little bit of activity going around in this sector which causes this entire deadlock look to be honest i really don't have a solution to this entire problem that's not what i am here for i'm here to discuss what i understand and only what i understand and the problem is there are two arguments one from the left and one from the right the right saying privatization is at most importance i agree with that but uh, privatization of such an essential sector where 60% of our population is directly or indirectly indulged in the agriculture sector during a pandemic during one of the worst uh, contractions of our gdp is not really the right idea 
and then there are liberals of the left who keep saying that no MSP should be there, we are a socialist welfare state and such and such and such. However, one of the world's best countries to reside in, even liberals would agree to this, is New Zealand. And a similar debacle underwent in the New Zealands in 1960s where the New Zealandian government essentially cut MSPs overnight and the farmers had to adapt to the same. And although 60% of their current population is still dependent on agriculture, New Zealand is one of the wealthiest nations in the world. Now, there's a lot to learn from this. India's farming sector can definitely improve and the farmers can get wealthier if the privatization is done properly. Now, granted, India and New Zealand cannot be directly compared. There's a lot of factors that are different, such as the population, the literacy rate, a lot and a lot of factors. But the New Zealand example of 1960s definitely gives us a ray of hope that you know, increasing privatization of the agricultural sector, deploying capital, increasing our capital expenditure there can definitely improve the nation for the better. But 2020 is not the year to do it, nor is 2021. We really need to see our GDP uh, expand a bit more, have a bit more of a surplus before plunging into such a drastic measure. And that's a wrap for today's episode, guys. I hope you guys had as much fun listening to the podcast as I did presenting it. Do check out the other episodes in this podcast and also spread the word about Arclight Studios.